Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Cheese and pickle. Television history is contained in the box of delights. Hello, I'm Julia Rayside. Each episode, my guest chooses a favourite TV memory to talk about. Joining me today is the comedian and Blue Peter badge owner, Tom Burgess. Tom, hello. Hello. Thanks for coming. So, what have you brought today to talk about? Uh, so, I have brought a clip of Blue Peter in 1999. Love Blue Peter. Can I just say, I've noticed you're wearing a badge rather ostentatiously. Yeah, oh, oh this! Oh, <laughs> I, I forgot I even had it on. Oh, thanks for bringing it up, though. That was really nicely done. Well done. Yeah, I'm, that, I'm now, what vintage is that? When did you? Is that yours and did you win it? Obviously, you shouldn't be wearing it if you didn't. It, I, I earned it fair and square. Well it done. is. It is modern, though, so it's not... As cool as it could be because well, I've, owned, I've earned it as a grown-up. Okay. Oh, is, oh. We, mm. Tell how. Well, I mean, for all I know, you won't be able to put this on. It probably goes against BBC <laughs> policy, but I work there at the moment. This okay. Is, this is, um, you stole it. Fine, I that's okay. I did not okay. steal it. I did not steal it. Um, but uh, one Christmas they needed a Santa and I had the deepest voice in the office. <laughs> and that is how... I got this back. Are you kidding me? I am not kidding. So I hang am... on, when Blue Peter was still filming in London or up in Salford? No, it's up in Salford. So I live in Manchester were, now. You, so you were there, you were literally in the office with a deep voice, no beard or, if I may say, pot belly. No. But they needed they, someone to dress up as I Santa. I was far too small for Santa oh, as well. Surely he's a giant. I feel like you, you picture <laughs> he is a, a tall giant. man. He's like Hagrid, but yeah, with a white and, beard. And I'm a sort of average height just, boy. You're just a guy. Yeah. <laughs> But I still got it. That's and it's incredible. Mine now. So did you have to wear padding and things? Yeah, there was this enormous um, fake pot belly, yeah. which um, I mean, this was on, live as well, and it started you were on sliding TV down. As yeah, and I and I was trying to hold <laughs> this costume together as I was on camera, and uh, it, at, at the end of the sequence, someone came up to me and went, "Are you okay?" Because I looked like I was really ill <laughs> because I was just trying to hold myself in one piece. How much of your face was visible? Was it mostly beard and it hat? was it was mostly beard, yeah. wig, hat, glasses. They painted my did they eyebrows give you white. Lines or did you just improvise uh, they, in a I had, festive I had, manner? I had loose lines to go around. I got to shout someone out when their post was. 
was uh, shown on the TV. Oh. So I got to give a shout out to Ava Grace in Manchester. That's nuts. I probably watched that because I sometimes do still watch Blue Peter. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I mean I love the ones when they're in a big studio like that because oh. it's you know it's it's now the studio they use quite often is a lot smaller. It's than tiny, it was. isn't it? I've sat yeah, in yeah. it. It's miniature. I know. It's uh, it's really it's like they've taken the old studio and put it in the wash by yes. accident. Yes, it's m- but every so now small. and then every now and then they go into a big one. Yeah, and yeah, it's yeah. Really lovely to see that again, especially Aww. when it's full of kids because it's like it's like walking into a massive assembly from when <laughs> yes. you were like five, and suddenly that atmosphere is exactly the same. Yeah, as Yeah, 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 completely with like more funky teachers. Mm, so anyway, yes. we'll go back to your choice. So this is an episode of Blue Peter from 1999. It is. Now this is significant because obviously Doctor Who is ubiquitous. Doctor Who is everywhere. We all talk about Doctor Who. It's on TV mm-hmm. on and off all the time. In 1999, it just wasn't on telly. Yeah, this is about ten years after it's been cancelled. Yes. Um, and I need to give some more context to this from my point of view yeah, as well. Because yeah, yeah. I, I got into Doctor Who, so I was born two years after it had finished. Yes. Um, and But one of my earliest memories from when I was four is watching Julia Roberts' brother beat up Paul McGann. Oh, so the the Doctor yeah. Who film. Yeah, so was I that saw on that. TV or in the cinema? It was on TV. That was on it? TV. Yeah, okay. and I I remember watching yeah Eric Roberts beat up Paul McGann. I didn't realise Eric Roberts was in it. Yeah, he's. He, I mean, it's hard to My miss memory him. Of it he's is quite very very camp. Yeah, no, camp. I think I can't remember it that well now. I remember Paul McGann looking fit and fancying him, but that's yeah. About looking it. back, yeah, he definitely was. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Even fitter than Sylvester McCoy. Um, <laughs> I mean, if that were possible. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so I, I vaguely remember watching this, and then Doctor Who kind of slips away. But I know it's yeah, there. Yeah. But then a couple of years later, my uncle William died, and mm-hmm. we go to his house to just go through his belongings. And yeah. on his shelf is loads of old vintage VHSs, things <gasps> like Dougal and the Blue Cat, the 12 oh, Tasks of Asterix, and... What a legacy. I know, what a legacy. But most importantly of all, from my point of view, a double VHS box set of the Sontaran Experiment and Genesis oh, of the Daleks, starring hello. Tom Baker. And that gets me hooked. Inside, little light bulb yeah, goes there are loads on. Of, loads of little pictures in the inside cover yeah. uh, showing loads of other VHS adventures available. <gasps> so I start gradually picking them up yeah. from a second-hand video shop where obviously someone is really getting bored of Doctor and flinging theirs out yeah, and I'm yeah, taking yeah. them all in. Uh, but no one else my age knows what this thing is. Oh, So then one day I You're come home from school. You're an Complete outcast. I love this story. Real misfit, real <laughs> misfit. So I go uh, go home from school one day and watch one of my favourite shows, Blue Peter. Yeah. Starts as normal, opening titles, zooms in on the CGI ship on this weird map of the world. Normal yeah. drum roll, but then suddenly cuts into the Doctor Who theme. Yeah. And I've got no idea who has done this. But it, it, Did you the, think that TV was trying to talk directly to you? Kind of, yeah. Yay! And then I, then I watch <laughs> this, this episode unfold and it's like someone has made a piece of TV just for me, oh, aged, what, seven so or eight at perfect. this point. Absolutely so perfect. So the presenting lineup for 99, it's Connie Huck and Katie Hill and Stuart, whose name I can never remember, but it turns it out it's Stuart Miles. Stuart Miles, yes, yeah. that's right. This and they, is, they, cut, they arrive in a TARDIS. They do, and then they step out and Katie Hill is effectively in drag. She comes out as Tom Baker. Yes, so is yes, Hart, yes. Comes out as John she's, Pertwee. Oh, is she? Is, oh, no, she is Pertwee. So I thought she was Hartnell. She's not. She's Pertwee. She's yeah. got this lovely, uh, yeah, velvety frock coat on. The velvet suit. That's it. Yeah, and then yeah, I yeah. think Stuart Miles is Peter Davison, which which makes sense. He looks know. most like him. I suppose. Yeah, mm, yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Hello. Hi there. Hello. No, don't. And certainly don't adjust your sets. You are watching Blue Peter. Oh, yes. We've borrowed this amazing little time machine. It's called a TARDIS. It's owned 
by Doctor Who. And if you're wondering just who he is, you can find out more a little bit later. Yeah, so they're basically, they're introducing the concept of a show that hasn't been on for 10 years and won't yet be on for another. Well, 2005 is the comeback and yeah, this is 99. So this is, yeah, this is seven years So this, this is, is between the walls. This is, yeah, you know, this is, nothing this is, is happening. This is pretty much the halfway point, just and, about. And I don't even know if it's an anniversary. They were just like, we'd like to talk to you about Doctor Who. Yeah, there is and absolutely, so we will. Yeah, there's absolutely no real <laughs> justification for having this. Now, I've, <laughs> I've since read up about this ah. cliff of Doctor Who and the producer at the time, Richard Marson, was a big Doctor Who fan. Yeah. And he, I think, like a lot of Doctor Who fans who by this point were working in telly, yeah. quite liked the idea of giving little nods to things when they could and yeah. just looking back at stuff they loved and their favourite TV memories to yeah. put them on anything that they were working on at the time. But I think the way they managed to fit it in was by using the increasingly irregular Blue Peter cyber cafe feature. Oh, that's right. They all had, is it BBC Micros? They must have been BBC it must Micros. Have been. And you've just got all of these people gradually plugging into the internet. And as long yeah. as you put the word internet in something, everyone will suddenly, any commissioner will suddenly go, oh, really? Yeah, well, so this is very relevant all of a sudden. That yeah, was but... it. They cut to, it was kind of like a, a rockery, but instead of rocks, they were geeks, nerds, yes, if you yeah. will. So but they, they managed to gather Doctor Who fans from around the country, young Doctor Who fans. And then they had them all sat around computers talking about like one pair of boys had built a website. Quite an impressive looking one. Yeah, it's, it's, quite, it's quite good given the limitations. Yeah, there. yeah, yeah. And there was another guy from Edinburgh who looked like he's in the Inspiral Carpets who ra- ran or helped to run the fan club in Edinburgh. Yeah, which is nuts. Just all these children just yeah. creating their own little societies. And again, like you, not really the age to have seen it as children themselves. And no. they, did, they didn't know the joy or the horror, depending on what kind of Doctor Who fan you are, that was to come with, you know, uh, the reboot and everything. So it was just such an odd thing. They lived in this state of, well, we love it and we can't let it go, so we're just going to talk about it when anyone, just to anyone and everyone. And it was such an odd feature. It was just people enthusing about their thing. And the presenters really not understanding, Katie Hill especially, was just like, oh, dad's fault, is it? Why do you like this? Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> so bizarre. But anyway, and they had like a, at one point, my favourite bit is the fashion show, the catwalk show yeah, of villains. this parade of all of these old costumes. That, I don't know where they've just, if they've just raided some old cupboard in TV centre or if I they've actually had was, to hire some out from I reckon it was the good old days them. where they still had the costume store somewhere down in the basement yeah, before it was gradually falling all. apart. And we've got some of Doctor Who's scariest opponents right here in the studio. Meet, first of all, Cyberman. They come from the planet Mondas. Part human and part machine. They've programmed out all their emotions, which makes them one of the scariest monsters in the galaxy. I've always wanted to do this. Very nice to meet you. Very nice. Oh, no, that's as far as it goes. Thank you very much. Just step over <laughs> this way. Thank you. Just follow the line. Thank you. I think yeah, they did that yeah. sort of once every decade or so. There's one for... I remember... There's some clip from 1983, I guess it would be, yeah. where they have this 20th anniversary parade of monsters as well, and yeah. they are properly falling to oh, pieces. Oh, God, they must be. Yeah, there's some sea devil that's like <laughs> only got one eye <laughs> left of the original. But yeah, everything's just falling apart. <laughs> but they, these lost. actually look in quite good condition. Yeah, no, they they're do. Nice. They do. They've, they've got quite a few of them. Obviously, none of them speak. It's just it's just people, actors, whatever. Probably people like you. You know, they're grabbed off the street. Yeah, like, Could you dress up in uh, this costume? But and none of them get to speak, but then the Daleks come on at the end. First of all, were the monsters which were faced by Doctor Who. The most horrific of those has to be the dreaded Daleks. Now, like the Cybermen, they were once, oh, hello, they were once humanoids, but a terrible, what can keep that thing away from me, but a terrible war made them mutate and they had to conceal their horrific true form inside these metal casings. I was terrified of Daleks, I have to say, but they were actually led by the demented Davros. Here he is. Stop it! 
And they do get to speak almost constantly. Yeah, they take up pretty much the entire rest of the episode. It feels <laughs> like they do. just bellow over every single... Yeah, uh, yeah. I think, I think if you're in a dialect, you do have a microphone in there, don't you? So you just, you know... Yeah, I wonder what they were doing with that. And I also want to know who was doing the voice, because they I definitely haven't hired Roy Skelton in or dragged no. him back off the, off the street. Mm, no, it was just someone who knew the word exterminate and said it repeatedly. Yeah, yeah. They're yeah. Probably, you get a sense that someone is living their dream when they're Oh, God, can you out. imagine? Have you ever been inside a Dalek? Never, never. Is that something you'd like is, to do? I'd love to, I'd love to be yeah. inside a Dalek. Yeah. Nearest I've come is being, uh, I, I used to live quite near Longleat, so I would go ah. to the exhibition that they had there. Yeah. And uh, that you could shout into a mic that distorted ah, your voice. okay, yeah. But that was all you could do. You ah. couldn't get inside one. Weren't enough to go around, presumably. I, I'd buy an app on my phone that let me sound like a Dalek, <laughs> just to see. Do you think there is one? There I'll look into be. that. I'll look into could that. you? Yeah. I, I'd, I'd like to do that. I don't know why, just because. But yeah, the, the, the Daleks do end up building their part up quite significantly, don't they? towards the end they of the do, episode. They but they, so they do this parade of villains, which is quite... There's, there's a Cyberman, but he, he looks a bit wobbly. He doesn't look that menacing. Yeah, um, I think uh, everyone th- must just be a bit wobbly. It shows the there's a real art to being a Doctor Who monster. Yeah, you can't, you can't just switch it on. You know, you have to, you oh, have no. to really live that character. Yeah, of course you do. Like, the body language, everything has to be, you know, menacing. But the one bit of Doctor Who history they do manage to wheel out, wheel out, <laughs> is they, they interview Louise Jameson. Yeah, which is incredible. She just yeah. suddenly turns up. And I remember watching this at the time. Um, she she popped out of the TARDIS and at this point I don't think I'd got any of her stories on VHS but I think ah. at this point I had bought the Doctor Who book of lists which was clearly aimed at grown-ups there yeah, was nothing yeah. they were not making things that were aimed at children no 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 well it wasn't point. it wasn't a kid's show at yeah. that point was it and suppose, anything yeah. I picked up as a child was aimed at people who were older than me but I knew each actor had been a companion at this point so when she stepped out I go oh so that's Leela yeah How yeah yeah, yeah. Oh. Um, and I hadn't seen any EastEnders, so I didn't really know. It was at the stage where I just knew someone had been in Doctor Who, and That's it never right. occurred to me they would have a career beyond that. No, no, exactly. It's yeah. like it seems odd to see them pop up anywhere else. But she, um, so she was Leela, and who was her doctor? Was that Patrick? She, she was with Tom Baker. Oh, no, Tom but Baker. She, but, she, but she said Patrick Troughton was her favourite. I know, like, ow. Yeah, it was really harsh. That is a bit. Maybe they didn't get on. I don't know. Do you know what? I don't think they did at the time. Really? I, I, think, he, I think he didn't like the, the character that she played, but then eventually they became closer as time went on. Oh, now, really? now they get on really well oh, and do really? appearances together. But at the time, I think he really didn't like oh. the fact that there was this companion who went around with a knife. And I think Blue Peter got oh. into trouble for using a clip of her chucking a knife. Oh, did they really? Yeah, because what was acceptable for kids' TV in 1977, apparently less so was 22 years later. Rather different. So at the end of the, this episode, what I think of the thing on um, YouTube, there's a clip of this where they've just compiled all the Doctor Who bits together so yes. the rest of the episode carries on as normal but then uh, the presenters and whoever else is in the studio they all pile into the TARDIS at the end yeah, and kind of fly is... away and then they leave the Daleks to do the coming up next week on Blue Peter On Friday's Blue Peter the Earthlings will be making jewellery for happening humanoids Don't miss it or you will be exterminated Exterminated Exterminate! We are the masters now! Exterminate! 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 Yeah, 
there. It was it was clearly one of the Daleks, whoever he was, going, this is it, this is my big moment. Yeah. And he really, he delivered it with gusto. <laughs> it was a delight to see this again. I was, again, still not really sure why this ever happened, but I'm glad it did. Yeah, me too, me too. Yeah. I mean, it definitely helped solidify me because for the first time I suddenly had someone else kind of reaching out and yeah, saying yeah. this weird thing that you, like, and no one else seems to know, yeah. that it's okay for you to enjoy this. And there are loads of other fans about my age, I think, who... Ah became fans off the back of this. So oh, wow. it had its own little part to play That's in so keeping sweet. the show ticking over and keeping it alive. There was a thing that me and my son watched um, over and over again. Well, I don't know, whatever the last big Doctor Who anniversary was. Maybe it was 50 years, does yeah, that sound right? Yeah, it would have right? been the 50th, yeah. And Blue Peter went quite heavy on... Uh, modern Blue Peter went yes, quite heavy on this yeah. anniversary. And they, uh, there's this guy, I wish I could remember his name, who's kind of their... Doctor Who stats guy and um, he made he made a whole song about Doctor Who like a rap song with a kind of catchy chorus oh my god uh, and a video with his like Bon Tempe organ and honestly it's all my son and I used to sing to each other for <laughs> uh, just for months after that came out it was fantastic <laughs> So the association continues, Blue Peter and Doctor Who, hand yep. in hand. Always intertwined. Through time. Oh, thanks for bringing that. That was lovely. Um, before you go, could you just have a dip into the box of delights? Yes. Who has the best TV moustache? Mm. Tough one. Yeah, let's have a thing. I mean, there's the obvious ones. There's Poirot. They're all detectives, actually. There's Magnum. Do you know what? I hadn't even been thinking about all the detective moustaches. Poirot is... is I mean, he's objectively the best, but let's yeah. go for... He's got the cleverest moustache. I still find myself drawn towards Basil Fawlty's, though. Oh, no, nice one. Didn't there's, think about him. There's something of... It. Sitcom moustaches are pretty good. You've got Captain yeah. Peacock as well. A lot of yeah. good 70s moustaches, actually. Yeah. There's a, a, definitely a good It was the time for, for stashes in the 70s, wasn't I it? I, I, for some reason, I picture Basil Fawlty's moustaches ruffled. If you can have... Much yes, of a I know what you mean. It would suit him to sort have a diffident and bl one. blowing in the wind. Yes, furiously, yeah. just um, <laughs> boiling over with his neurosis. <laughs> Tom, thank you for coming. Goodbye. Thank you. Goodbye. Thanks for listening. You can find links to the YouTube clips from today's episode on our Twitter feed at Box Delights Pod. Come and say hello. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>